When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, supernatural assaults, shadowy figures terrorizing people in their rooms at night. It shows you how real this fear is for these people, how scared they truly are, believing that these things are going to come back at any time and visit them or, or abuse them or attack them. And it, it really drove home to us the level of fear that these people and their experiences, how real they are to them. This podcast is brought to you by House Carers. You know the feeling, that knot that materializes in your stomach as you drive away from your house to begin a two-week vacation. And by the time you hit the highway, worries are running through your mind. Did I turn off the coffee pot? What if the house burns down? Thankfully, there's a cure for the same old panic attack, house sitting. If you don't have a neighbor to watch over your home while you're away, a house sitter can really help with your sanity. There's a company that can match you up with someone who will look after your home and, more importantly, someone with whom you feel comfortable. House Carers has been securely matching homeowners with house sitters for nearly 20 years. And they have pet sitters, too. Find out more at clearbroadcast.com. That's clearbroadcast.com. Clearbroadcast.com. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serres. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Hey, welcome to your Wednesday. I'm getting a ton of email about Monday's episode with Joe Horn from Skywatch TV. We were talking about processed foods and the leaky gut and leaky gut syndrome and the connection uh, to a whole lot of chronic illnesses and autoimmune diseases like arthritis. And, and Joe lived it all firsthand. So I want to tell you that Joe will be on my terrestrial radio program, The Conspiracy Show, for a special a two-hour episode. And I believe we're going to do that in August. Joe will also be back on this podcast again. So thanks for all the emails and tweets thanking me for bringing Joe Horn on the podcast. Now, 
Imagine a sinister, shadowy figure emerging from the darkest corner of your bedroom. Chills run down your spine as you find yourself paralyzed, unable to move or cry out for help. These terrifying encounters happen every single night around the world, and many of them are coupled with reports of physical assaults and even sexual attacks. Throughout history, a number of religions, legends, and belief systems describe encounters involving a moving, shadowy form. This phenomenon is commonly known as shadow people. There's been much speculation as to what or who shadow people are. Recent research points to the jinn, a race of spiritual beings who are well documented in Islamic culture and theology. With terrifying witness testimonies, expert opinions, and dramatic reenactments, the new documentary Supernatural Assault explores the sinister agenda of the jinn and examines the link between this ancient supernatural race and the shadow people phenomena. Paul Tate has been reading, observing, and researching many aspects of the paranormal world since his early childhood. His fascination of the unknown began as far back as 1976 and stemmed from the strange and truly frightening experience he had as a young boy while living in his native country of England. One such experience involved disturbing visitations from an ominous, shadowy entity. Paul would often wake up to see the sinister shadowy form standing right next to his bed, staring right down at him. These unsettling paranormal encounters provided Paul with a desire to learn more about the spirit world and has since led him on a lifetime journey of discovery and enlightenment in the many areas and topics of the unknown. He's an accomplished and professional videographer and has since relocated to New England. Shortly after arriving in the United States, he had the opportunity to serve as part of a paranormal investigation team where he acted as an investigator and videographer. And during this time, he visited many haunted locations and bore witness to some very disturbing and interesting phenomena. Now comes Paul's latest installment of terror in his new documentary film titled Supernatural Assault, Terror from the Shadows. Paul Tate, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? I'm great, Richard. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm looking forward to this one. Supernatural Assault, Terror from the Shadows. Uh, obviously inspired by uh, by your own childhood and experiences you had as a, as a kid with what we now call, you know, we dismiss as simple night terrors. Uh, but, but what happened to you all those years ago? Yeah, I was a child and um, I was five years old and we moved into an apartment in London, West London. And I had a room at the end of the apartment and my parents were up from me, a bit, you know, probably about 15 feet from my room. And I used to wake up and it was obviously nighttime and this shadowy figure was standing above my bed and it would just stare down at me. It wouldn't say a word. It would just stare down at me and I would wake up and this thing, you know, this was going on um, night after night. And the strange thing about it, when it stood there, its 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 hands were in like a, a prayer position, like covering its abdomen and joined. But when I looked up, what I saw was this tall black silhouette and what looked to me at that time like an afro that's how i described it to my parents because it was the 70s and that's what you saw a lot of right and i I didn't think you know back then i didn't know much i was five years old but 
Um, the interesting part about that story was um, I reconnected with a cousin of mine who took over, his family took over that apartment after we left. And I reconnected with him on Facebook recently and we were getting into a discussion and I told him I made this film and I asked him, before I even told him about the film, I asked him about the apartment and, and said to him, you know, Leon, I said, did anything strange ever appear to you or did you see anything strange in Becklow Gardens, in, in the room that we both had? And he, he, he panicked. He said, why are you asking me that question, you know? And I'm, at the time I was like taken aback. I thought, what, what's going on here? But he went on to tell me that each night that he was there when he was a kid, a shadowy figure, a tall shadowy figure wearing a hat. He described it as a hat. I described it as an afro, right. but it was round. And um used to visit him as well. So I was just shocked. And we both, he couldn't believe my story. I couldn't, I just couldn't believe that the same thing had happened to him. So whatever happened, happened in that room to the two of us, you know separately aside from this that. thing aside from it sort of hovering over you and and watching you did it was it ever menacing towards you did it did it ever try and choke you or did you feel like it was threatening you no i did not feel threatened i just felt like i was being observed and it was a stillness a calmness about it it, it never made it never it it wasn't as if it was trying to frighten me, but I will, I'd wake up and, you know, it was staring at me. So I'd catch it in the act, but it never went. It never disappeared. It just stood there staring down at me. And the effect that that has had on me all my life, I mean, to this day, you know, I'm 48 years old and I have to cover my head when I sleep because I don't want anything to, to look at me when I'm sleeping. I just, that, that experience has, has marked me, you know, mentally. Um, in my sleep pattern to this day, I just don't want anything looking at me. Right. So was it at that, at what point did you decide as frightening an experience as that was that you were going to actually research and produce a documentary about this very topic? I mean, that must've been very difficult for you to do. Well, it, it was. And, and the, the, the whole topic of the ship people that arose out of it, it was coincidental because I was producing a film back in 2008 called Your Worst Nightmare, and that was on sleep paralysis. And um, I had had an experience in the 1980s of shadow being, but I'll tell you about the what the question that you just asked me. Um, during the process of making this um, film, Your Worst Nightmare, about sleep paralysis, a lot of the people that we were interviewing were all saying that they were um, the ones that had the sleep paralysis with the frightening presence were all describing that frightening presence as a shadow, a shadowy being. And there was different forms, but, you know, there wasn't that many different forms. Like a lot of people described the hat man, um, the, the, the typical silhouetted humanoid, almost like somebody wearing a, a skin-tight diver suit. And it was just a jet black form um, in a humanoid form. And then what they termed the old hag or shadowy hooded hag, almost like a monk, you know, a monk's hood. Um, so these people didn't know any, you know, they didn't know each other from anywhere, but they were all describing the same entities. So I decided to keep those interviews because I knew 
hey, there's something to this. I carried on with the, the documentary on, on sleep paralysis and I knew that um, eventually I'd get around to making this film and, and taking a look more in depth at shadow people and what they could be. So, so that- the the documentary Supernatural Assault is is dedicated to one of the uh, one of the people that appears prominently in the documentary, someone who has had who had terrible experiences. Uh, tell me about her and what happened. Yeah, well, um, Dawn came to us um, through a friend, and she had this. She heard what we were doing, um, you know, this documentary on shadow people, and she had stories to tell us. She had an experience or experiences that she wanted to share. So we interviewed her one day, and she was talking to us about these um, entities that would appear around her property at first. It was almost like the first outside watching her, and she would encounter them. And then it turned more sinister. It was a, a more physical encounter where she was asleep on the sofa one night. She dozed off watching the TV and she was woken up by a, a jet black entity that it grabbed her arm and was pulling her over the sofa, over the back of the chair. And she said that it was as real as real can be. She felt every finger and thumb of this um, entity's hand. Now, she was terrified. She was crying and sobbing, and um, she told us, you know, that I said to her off camera, I said, why are you so wound up about this? What, you know, what's getting to you so much about this? I mean, I've seen them myself, and it didn't do that to me. But she said that she was convinced that they were going to keep pestering her, do her more harm, and even potentially kill her. And I said to her, don't say that, Dawn. Don't say things like that, because, you, you know, you can get yourself worked up or attract you know things to you by by putting it out there and believing that that would happen and the strange thing is that um a while after that interview we got a phone call and um during the phone call we we learned that dawn was found dead in her apartment and she had died the day before her birthday but um i believe she was actually discovered on her birthday oh my so, uh yeah, and, and a, a fairly young woman she was in her 50s wasn't she yeah, she was in her early 50s and, you know, my wife kept on making inquiries as to the cause of death because it was just so bizarre, you know, and we could never find that out. And the last that she heard, they thought it was natural causes. Well, that's what they had put it down to because they couldn't find the cause. So um it, it was quite shocking and, and it really shook us all up. So we decided to dedicate the whole film in Dawn's memory and the when we had a showing, a private showing here, um, we we lit a candle and had a picture of Dawn, and and you know because she wasn't able to be there, she would have been there at the showing, but we we did that for her. So in the documentary, you obviously you have because you're not capturing actual supernatural assaults or shadow people on film, so there are some incredible reenactments, very frightening reenactments in the documentary. But then you have. Uh, these these witnesses or experiencers on camera, and the thing that struck struck me immediately, one w- woman in particular, maybe you could talk a little bit about her, uh, how upset she is. I mean, on camera, this is not something you know. She's just not dispassionately talking about something that happened to her in the past. She is literally. I mean, she is terrified recounting these details. 
Yes, and if I'm correct, you're talking about the blonde girl, Heather? Yes, Heather. Is that what? Yeah, yeah. So Heather, um, she was pretty terrified of these experiences. And what happened during the interview process, um, there were, it, it was actually done in the wintertime, so the air was charged up. It was pretty staticky. And her hair started to rise up. Now, this is to show how terrified these people are. Uh, you know, she, what happened there was just a miscommunication of words. Her hair rose up and I just said, cut. I said, there's a static buildup on you. And she took it to mean that there was some presence in the room and it was causing some static buildup on her. And she flipped out and uh, we, we tried to calm her down, but then she just lost it. And it was just a miscommunication of words. But the interesting thing about that, it shows you how real this fear is for these people, how scared they truly are believing that these things are going to come back at any time and visit them or, or abuse them or attack them. And it, it really drove home to us the level of fear that these people and their experiences, how real they are to them. I was speaking uh, with Nick Redfern recently. Do you know Nick? I've met Nick before. I've actually got an interview with Nick that I've never even done anything with. Oh. I, I interviewed him in Boston, yeah. Because he's, we he's written about, most recently, about uh, men in black, women in black, black-eyed children. And I don't know if there's any connection between that phenomenon and, and shadow people. But he, he mentioned something very interesting, and that is that uh simply by reading about these things, talking about them, you might be opening yourself up to them. Do you think that's part of the fear? I mean, were, were some of these people that appear in the documentary hesitant to talk about it because they were afraid by talking about it, it, it might intensify or, or, or open them up to more visitations? Well, the people in the documentary weren't, um, worried about that per se they i mean they had had their experiences so they were pretty much already open but what you say is true because there are people after we released that first film your worst nightmare um who had never never seen anything in their room but they had watched a documentary and i had emails from them saying you know I, I got your film and I watched it and a week or so later I had that experience where I woke up paralyzed and unable to move and then I saw a frightening presence in the room, a shadowy presence in the room. So I don't know whether, you know, that was definitely the cause of that, but maybe it did open them up to something. Just just knowing about it, just, you know, thinking about it, maybe subconsciously it opens something up within them to allow them to actually have the experiences or the experience that they had seen on the, on the videos. So like a thought form, a thought form. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. It really could be. And, and, and others have said that too, that by looking into this type of thing, you, you do open yourself up to it. How much of the documentary was shot in Maine where you're, where you're residing? There's quite a bit of the documentary shot in Maine. Um, a lot of the re well, all of the reenactments we did. We did go down to Pennsylvania, Connecticut, and where else did we go? We went, we went, actually we went to Boston. We went down there. So most of it was shot in, you know, on the East Coast. And 
put together it was edited in Maine and finished in Maine but the 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 witnesses the ex, the, the experiencers if I can use that term where were they from and um, they were from well we even had experiences from California experiences from England I, I took my equipment over to England once and, and filmed a few people over there so they're, they're from all over and there was people who never even made um, the film that were were from all over the place we had people from um, African countries people from um, Islamic you know Islamic based countries and, and a couple of Islamic um, guys were in the film that you you would have seen them um, one was from California and then one was from Portland, Maine. Right. Is there yeah. is there a common a common thread uh, in terms of the victims, or is it more to do with the geography? Where like your experiences was in a particular apartment in London, and then when you moved out, it happened to someone else. Is it the person yeah. that's being targeted, or is it the location? I believe I believe that myself personally. <clears throat> this is a person by person thing. I mean, these things can appear anywhere. And the documentary shows that. I mean, I, I witnessed seeing one myself with somebody else down in a cave. So that was in a location that was outside anybody's particular home. Dawn saw them in the woods. There are people I've heard that have seen them in streets, in backyards, in graveyards. So um, they can they can appear anywhere lo- location wise, but why they come to a certain person? Well, there's a lot of theories out there. I believe one is um, they are attracted to fear, fear, fearful people, people who have a lot of anxiety. Maybe you know um, they're at, at an important point in their life. Maybe they've moved somewhere new into a new location, and they're all a- anxious and stressed out. Um, these things can appear, and a lot of the people that we did interview had had, you know, experiences like that. One girl, um, her name was Courtney. She was in the in, in, interviewed in the film. She had just moved into a new place from another town, and she was pretty worked up and stressed out about the whole thing. And that's when her experiences started. So, and then we have a girl from the previous film who had the same thing. She moved to a new home, and she had these things. You know, that's when it started for her. So it, I believe there are, there are reasons it, it can come. I, you can't pinpoint. Nobody knows for sure, but I think that's one of them. Fear and then upheaval and, and stress and emotional reasons. It almost sounds like they're energy vampires. Correct. And they've actually, um, you know, I, I've heard the term used. They are vampiric in nature. They feed off of that energy vibration that's given off. Now, I wonder if these shadow people could be scared off by a dog, for instance. I know a lot of people who share their beds with their dog. I wonder if they suffer these same supernatural attacks. Might be something worth exploring. Now, for you dog owners, how would you like to develop your dog's hidden intelligence? A woman named Adrian Ferricelli, a professional certified dog trainer, has helped hundreds of dog owners train their dogs to be well-behaved, obedient, loving pets by bringing out their hidden intelligence. And you can quickly eliminate any behavioral problem your dog has, no matter how badly you think it's ingrained, no matter what kind of dog you have. The science behind this is simple. You may have heard of neuroplasticity in the human brain. That's what allows our brains to learn new behaviors. Well, your dog's brain has the same neuroplasticity. 
curiosity. And with the right mental stimulation that Adrian teaches, any dog's brain will become more open and receptive to learning new information. Your dog will listen to you and understand what you want it to do. And when this happens, bad behaviors simply fade away as more desirable ones appear in their place. So, if you want to check out this remarkable dog training system, just visit realbusinessbargains.com. That's realbusinessbargains.com. realbusinessbargains.com. In another reality, Richard is a very strong and handsome man. Just not in our reality. Although I heard somebody passing him in the hall the other day, and it was, what, what a handsome man Richard is. I made that up. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Documentary filmmaker Paul Tate is here, and we're talking about supernatural attacks, shadow people. Why are they more menacing in some instances than others? In your case, they just watched you. Uh, in, in some cases, they physically attack people. Why? What's the difference? Why? Well, nobody knows for sure, but, um, again, the fear. I mean, to drive up a, a level of fear in someone, if that's what they are feeding on, well, then it would be in their best interest to drive you into a state of absolute terror and fear. And maybe there are those of them that are, you know, that are not so evil because, um, again, this points to the gin and we haven't spoken about this yet. No, we but, will. Um, we'll, we'll get around to that. Yeah. But there are, there are differences. There are good ones. There are bad ones. There are ones that are in between and there are downright evil ones. So, um, maybe the experiences that we have where people report e- extreme encounters for physical assaults, <clears throat> maybe that's being carried out by the most extreme forms of these entities. And the ones where I had as a kid <clears throat> that were just watching me, maybe they could be watching over me. Who knows? And, but, it was I, I felt no malice from it. I just felt like it was just staring at me. They could have been protecting you for all you know. Exactly. They could be like a almost like a guardian angel or you, you just don't know. But um the 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 terror seems to come from these these more evil form of, of the shadow people, the gym. Uh, do you document where people have had an encounter with a shadow person who who got physical and and they actually left some sort of a mark or injured them scratch marks a chokehold mark. Um, the only person that we interviewed that had physical marks on them um, was Dawn, and she had she told us that she had marks on her arm from where she was grabbed, and she physically felt it like it was a, a real hard grab. But other than that, nobody that I interviewed um, during the filming process told me that they had been physically marked, scratched, or bruised. So Dawn was the only one. And, you know, the way her story ended or her life ended, um, it's all up, it's all open for question, but it seemed that she was suffering some very serious evil encounters with these entities. Uh, talk to me about Rosemary Ellen Guiley's involvement. She's a regular on my terrestrial radio show. She joins me once a month. Top paranormal investigator researcher. How did she get involved in, in the project and, and what did she bring to the table? Well, I reached out to Rosemary and she was kind enough to, um, invite me down 
to do the interview with her. And I had, I had been researching this, and I and she kept on coming up. Rosemary interviews on uh, on YouTube kept on coming up, and, and articles that she had written on her website, and all of the the, the other people that had interviewed. I, I had come across their work, so I reached out to her. I thought she'd be a, a great person to talk to because she's very knowledgeable on this. And I went down to Connecticut, and we done a a, a very lengthy interview with her. Um, it was over two hours of solid tape, and um, I'm going to be uploading, you know, bits and pieces of those interviews over the coming year. And so she contributed a lot to the to the documentary, her her knowledge, the background on the gin, and you know her her knowledge on shadow people. It all it all came together and was perfect for what we were looking for for this um, documentary. So you mentioned the gin, and we need to talk about those. This obviously is a, an area that Rosemary has written about, uh, the gin from um, Middle Eastern folklore. Uh, they're mentioned in the Quran. Uh, when did you make the connection that the shadow people might be connected to the jinn? Well, this happened for me quite a while ago. Um, I had written a, a short screenplay with a friend of mine back in England, and it was called Invasion of the Jinn. And this was back in 2001. And during the process of writing that screenplay, I had been looking around on the Internet. And because it's such a long time ago, I can't remember the exact sources of what I, you know, where I was looking but back then, I kind of made that connection, and it could have been that I was looking into the Islamic side of it as well, and that the shadow people and the jinn were connected, or they were the same and the one entity. And that that's what our, our, our screenplay was about. Invasion of the Jinn was about the jinn appearing to people in the form of shadow people and doing you know these things that we talk about, these menacing, terrorizing things. So for me, it was back in 2001 that was kind of connected, but I never did anything with that script or screenplay. You know, it it wasn't until Your Worst Nightmare was produced that that sort of came back around for me. And when when I interviewed these people to hear them all having the same experiences, then I, you know, I kind of already had some knowledge on this so i started to um think hey this could be a great documentary so that's how you know i kind of made that connection and when many of us think of gin we think of genies uh and we think of genies being trapped in bottles and when they're released they grant you three wishes uh they they don't sound like anything like these interdimensional entities that that we're we're hearing about now when did that all change, or why why do we think of genies the way that we do when in fact the reality is something entirely f- different for far more menacing? Yeah, well, probably Hollywood has played a, a big part in that uh, you know putting forward its version of the of the jinn as a as a genie to the world, and you know the jinn are associated or genies are associated with magic. Jinn and genie is the same thing, associated with magic, and that's why you see them granting people wishes. And There's even a documentary, a really good documentary on YouTube that, that looks into that, you know, famous magicians that have used jinn or are in league with the jinn to further their careers. 
and you could just look it up. Um, magicians, I just put magicians and gin in the same search term and you'll come up with that documentary. But, um, it's interesting that, you know, it, it's probably popular culture in Hollywood that portrayed that, that kind of soft image of the, of the gin, the, the mystical guy that comes out of the lamp and gives you three wishes. But if you do accept those wishes, um, of a gin or if you take anything from them, there will be a price to pay. So what do they want? Uh, I mean, aside from sort of feeding on negative energy and fear, uh, yeah. what is it they're trying to do? Well, again, that's another question that nobody for sure knows, but it's said that the gin, you know, some of them are, are vengeful because, you know, back in the law goes that back in, in the beginning, there was angels and jinn in the beginning, and then man came along. And when man came along, the jinn and angels were asked to bow down by God at that time to, to man. They were asked to bow. The angels did bow down, but the jinn refused. The leader of the jinn, Iblis, refused because he said that man was inferior to the jinn, and he's not going to bow down to a, a being that's inferior to the jinn, and that caused problems. And apparently, jinn were cast out of this realm, this dimension that we know, into an alternate one. And they were given until Judgment Day after an appeal and to prove their case that man was in fact inferior to them. And it, it's said that the jinn, some of them, a faction of them, are, are hell-bent on, you know, reaping revenge against man over this expulsion. And some of them may just want to I don't know, terrorize us because they can. But that that's that's pretty much why some of the more evil ones that I've heard of, um, it's been said that that's what they're doing. They're just wreaking revenge on man, causing havoc and destruction and um, causing people to have these, you know, awful experiences. So I don't know. Is, is it possible then they're plotting some sort of a full-scale invasion and that we'll see these uh, these nightly visitations intensify? That, that's, I've heard that being, you know, I've heard that before, but that's, remember I said I wrote that script, Evasion of the Jinns. Who knows? They could be plotting something, but um, I don't think it's, you know, it's as easy as that, a full-scale invasion against the whole planet, but who knows? These are spiritual beings. They, they, they have abilities that, you know, we don't have right now. Obviously they can shift down into our vibrational frequency field and, and we can experience them, but we can't go to theirs. We don't know where they're coming from. And all we can do is, you know, when we see them, report them. And that's another thing. A lot of people don't like to report these things because, um, there's a stigma about this. If you, if you openly say in our society today, you see these shadow people, if you go to your doctor and say that you see that while you're consciously awake, or well, they could, you know, they could medicate you or send you for psychiatric evaluation. And a lot of people will just laugh it off. They'll think you're nuts. So that's what a lot of people in the film said to us. They said they didn't want to speak about this before for fear of being labeled crazy. Do you explore uh, any defense defenses against uh, the shadow people? Are there? I mean, I know that there is an Islamic prayer. Uh, tell tell me about that. Yeah, on the DVD we included this um, Islamic 
exorcism prayer. It's, it, it was created to expel evil jinn from the home. And it was created by a guy called um, Muhammad Wasim in London. And um, he gave us permission to use this on the DVD. And it's there in case anybody has one of these things in their home. They just put the DVD on and play this prayer. And it's supposed to cause the jinn to leave. Um, other, you know, other people, um, if they're having these nocturnal visits by these shadowy entities, other people will turn the lights on at night or they'll turn the TV on and leave that on. And for them, that seems to work. I've heard that from a lot of people that they, if they sleep with a bedside light on or the TV on, they don't have the experiences when they turn off those um, things and they're in silence, absolute silence in the darkness. They seem to have these experiences. Is there, uh, in addition to a, a Muslim prayer for people who are not of the Muslim faith, are there, is there a Christian prayer that, that is particularly effective? Do you know? I haven't heard of a Christian prayer for the, you know, for the jinn specifically, but it is said that if you encounter one of these things and you invoke your God, it, you, you could be Buddhist, you could be Christian, you could be Jewish, you know, if you invoke your God, um, it, it, it helps for, it helps to, um, you know, have them leave your home. It helps to expel them from your home. And it, I don't know why. Maybe it helps to take the fear level down. Maybe they leave because they, they don't have you in that fear state anymore. Um, who knows? But it has been said to work for a lot of people. And I've actually spoken to people who were having these episodes of sleep paralysis with a frightening presence. And as soon as they said they invoked their God, it was over. So perhaps even a little righteous anger, um, a little, yeah, might little might uh, do the trick. Yes, yeah, yeah. How do people see supernatural assault, Paul? Yeah, you can go to darkelementfilms.com and you can stream the film from there, or you can purchase it and it stays online, just like it does on Vudu or something like that, where you you have it there permanently, or you can stream it for a lesser price for three days and you can also purchase the dvd or blu-ray disc if you want a hard copy there as well oh terrific it's on blu-ray excellent yeah, yeah. all right well they sh- yeah i, I would hi- highly recommend the blu-ray because it's it's uh, al- although the subject matter is very dark it's beautifully shot uh and as it says right there on the cover real people real stories and real terror you probably want to watch this one with the lights on uh paul tate thank you so much for this congratulations on the film what's next what are you working on now well you're welcome um the next film out will be a re a re-release of your worst nightmare which will be the addendum it will be it'll have additional footage that's never been seen it will be re-edited in a different way um, to more match what you've seen with um, Supernatural Assault. And then it will be out sometime later this year. So keep your, you know, everybody keep your eyes out for that. And if you go to our Facebook page and um, just go to Facebook, um, Dark Element Films, you can um, like our Facebook page and then you'll get the updates. Or visit our website and you'll get the updates of when that will be out. DarkElementFilms.com. Correct, yep. All right. Supernatural Assault Terror from the Shadows. Thank you so much for this, Paul. All the best. You're welcome. Thank you. Good night. Good night.
Thanks, Paul. Well, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, actually, maybe I'll keep them on and then make a hasty retreat upstairs to bed. Uh, Before I raise on out of here, I'm going to tell you what's coming up on episode 79 of Conspiracy Unlimited. But before that, if you're like me and you struggle with your weight, here's something I learned recently and I thought you might like to know it too. Almost every diet works by temporarily putting your body into a state of ketosis. And in this state, your body burns fat for energy instead of burning carbs. But these diets ultimately fail because they allow too many carbs to be reintroduced, flipping your body's source of energy back to carbs. Want to make your body always burn fat for energy so you lose fat and keep it off? Try the keto diet by requesting your free copy of Bacon and Butter, the ultimate ketogenic diet cookbook. Grab a copy while supplies last, and all you pay is shipping and handling. Keto Resources is making this offer to introduce you to their community of like-minded people who are on the path to looking and feeling great. But don't wait. To get your free copy of the ketogenic diet cookbook, go to OneGreatSolution.com. That's OneGreatSolution.com. OneGreatSolution.com. Coming up next time on Conspiracy Unlimited, the great Joseph Farrell discusses the deep state and more. Until next time, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting.